Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 78 this will be. Um, going to be diving into a lot of NFL, of course. Um, to kick off though, we'll go over college football's national title game last night, which was an utter shit show. Um, and then after that, we will have some combat sports stuff to talk about. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Dana White, France Singano. Uh, big injuries, UFC's returning with the first card, Jake Paul having trouble finding an opponent, Tank Davis, um, so we'll go college football, then combat sports, and we're going to get into super wild card weekend predictions, predicting each game, then I'll predict the rest of the playoffs, divisional, conference titles, Super Bowl, um, and then we'll go what's next, or what to do this offseason for teams that missed the playoffs, then we're going to go quarterbacks, seven quarterbacks who could be on the move, and where I think they should end up. And then to close it all off, 4.0, 2023 NFL mock draft, post-regular season, one, this will not have trades. I will start doing incorporating, probably go start going every other with trades, you know, because I do think the Bears may look to trade down from this one spot, no, not needing a quarterback. And I think you're going to have a team. You could have the Texans wanting to go from two to one to make sure they get their guy and hoping, you know, you could have the Colts or the Seahawks trying to jump to one. We'll do probably all type of scenarios. Maybe the first one we'll do, you know, Bears trade down with Colts or Bears trade down with Seattle or maybe even – a wild one where Falcons or Panthers trade up, you know, from 9-8 to 1. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But we'll get to the mock draft last, of course. Um, so let's go over the national title. I mean, there's really not much to say, to be honest. There's a shit show, a disaster for TCU, disaster for the Big 12, really all bowl season. You know, I think they won one bowl game, hammered by the SEC. Uh you know, yeah, it was a tough run, and, you know, TCU, I kind of had a feel. I didn't think it would be this bad, of course, but I kind of had a, I, I bet on TCU, but I had a gut feeling that I was picking more of my heart than my head, and I was thinking that that could happen. Not to that extent. I was thinking a blowout could happen. I wouldn't have ever guessed 65-7. I would have thought maybe like a, maybe a 45-17 or a 41-17 type thing, um, but never 65-7. That was embarrassing. Georgia just looks like, they looked like, a, they looked in a class of their own. And I think in college football right now, they are. I think Georgia is in a class of their own. And then you got the next tier with your Alabama, your Ohio State, your Michigans, whoever you want in there. LSU is a good one to throw in. Um, USC, I think, is going to get there. You know, teams like that. But I think Georgia right now is in a tier by themselves. Clearly, you know, 65-7. Let's just take a look. Yeah, I do have that. Okay, so let's let's pull up the, the box score. Obviously not... Not pretty if you're a TCU fan. Uh, it was rough. Yeah, I mean, you lose 65-7 in national title, you're uh, you're never going to be happy. Um, you know, obviously you're, you're thrilled to get there, but i got to be able to find the... <clears throat> Excuse me. Got to be able to find the uh, box score. Here we go. Finally found her. So again, 65-7, 17-7 after the first quarter, 38-7 at halftime, uh, and then 27 in the fourth by Georgia, zero for TCU. They just couldn't really do anything, you know, to be quite honest. Max Duggan was 14-22, 152, and two interceptions. Uh, nothing really rushing either. He actually had negative 38 rushing yards, but he'd have a rushing touchdown. Yeah, they had 36 Rushing yards, they had 188 total yards of offense, while Stetson Bennett 
Had it was eighteen and twenty five for three hundred four and four tuds, including two rushing. Uh, they had about my word. They don't. They did. Oh no. They had almost six hundred yards of offense. They had about five eighty some. Yeah, destructive. Uh, Stetson Bennett was incredible. Uh, Brock Bowers was unreal. McConkey was unreal. Um, it's just domination, and then you know that's what you think here. And you know you go early preseason top five. I mean, off the top of my head, you'd think Georgia one. I'd have to say Michigan two because they are returning a lot of good players. I'd probably go Alabama three, Ohio State four, maybe SC five. I think Oregon should be in consideration. LSU should be in consideration. I mean, Oregon's returning Bo Nix. Um, Tennessee's going to be pretty good, I think. You know, depending. I don't know what their quarterback situation can be, but if. You know, we'll see, but I think Tennessee will be pretty good. So, yeah, just a bad, bad night at the office there. Um, let me grab a drink real quick. But, yeah, like I said, that's really there's not really much to talk about. Georgia's the king of college football right now. Two straight national titles. I think they'll have, you know, they're going to have a pretty good quarterback. I think Beck's pretty good, so they're going to have a chance at a three-peat. So let's get to some combat sports. We'll go boxing first. Jake Paul having a tough time finding an opponent. He really is. Um... He wanted to fight in February. Well, that's probably not happening. Um, Jake Paul. Let's just look up Jake Paul next opponent and see what comes up. Is there any? Well, okay, this is for the PFL thing, which we can get into also. Um, but here's six hours ago. The top three opponents. Who knows, though? I mean, you can't really, you don't know. These are guesses. Retire and go into the combat business is five. You know, maybe if he just can't find anybody. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, four. Uriah Hall, three. Tommy Fury, two. Nate Diaz, one. Nate Diaz seems like the right one, but I saw Nate Diaz post the Ryzen logo, and, you know, they're into the exhibition boxing, Could he, and they just signed Manny Pacquiao. Could they be looking to do Manny Pacquiao versus Nate Diaz, and Nate doesn't do the Jake Paul one? Um <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, Jake Paul does sign with PFL as well. He's also in MMA now. He's you know he wants to fight by. I think he's gonna fight by, you know, August, September, October range. I would guess in there. You know, gonna give him. That's why he wants to fight in February or March because he wants to win, and then he wants to go directly in MMA training, prepare for this MMA fight. He doesn't want to keep pushing this back to April, May, or you might not see Jake Paul fighting in May till December or next January. He's gonna be smart, but he's a smart guy. You know, no matter what you say about Jake Paul, incredibly smart man. When it comes to business and this and in this business, combat sports, he's been extremely smart. He's one of the smartest, actually, combat sports athletes we have. I think, actually, you know, Connor obviously business wise, extremely smart. Masvidal and Izzy got lucrative deals. Nate Diaz, I think, has been smart the way he's played everything. Jake Paul is one of the smartest guys, though. Um, when it comes to you know getting the right opponent, you know, not trying to go backwards. I don't think he's gone backwards in this run really at all. I think he's tried to step up every time when he can, but he's had boxers pull out. Tommy Fury, Haseem Rockman Jr. Um, he's had guys pull out. He's tried to step up. And he went from Nate. Who do, what did he do? He went, because who's he fought? God damn it. I think I'm right on Nate was his first one, right? Let's go Jake Paul. Can we get to the Wikipedia page? 25 years old. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of time. Um... So he's 6-0. and uh, He had the Deji fight, which was uh, his first fight, and that was in 2018, where he was only he had only been training for four months. But ever since then, he took he took time off to, to dedicate himself to the sport, didn't fight for about a year and a half, 
took on De- uh, Anisun Gibb, knocked him out, right? You know, whatever you want to say. Is Nate Robinson a step up from Anisun Gibb? Probably not. At the time, it may have been, like, even, but Gibb's gotten a lot better now. But at the time, it was probably just even. Nate Robinson knocks him out, right? Then he gets Ben Askren. It is a step up because Askren's at least a combat athlete. He t- knocks him out. Then he goes to Woodley. Definitely a step up from Askren. Gets a decision win. Supposed to fight Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury pulls out two weeks before the fight. Woodley steps in for the rematch. He knocks him out. And then he takes, a, in my opinion, a massive jump from Tyron Woodley to Anderson Silva. I don't care how old Anderson was. A massive jump up. Gets a decision win. He knocks him down. And he, he drops Anderson Silva. Here's the problem, though. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if guys are scared to fight him. Because maybe now they're at the point where they're like, damn, he might be good. He actually might be decent now, or pretty good. And if I lose to him, it's still going to look bad. Because in Tommy Fury, in Tommy Fury or Seam Rockman eyes, you lose to him, it's like, oh boy. You lost to Jake Paul. How could Tommy... Tommy Fury would never be able to recover probably his boxing career if he got knocked out or lost to Jake Paul, right? So that's where, yes, I've pushed on... He needs to stop fighting these MMA guys that were wrestlers. Now, he did fight an MMA guy, but Anderson also 3-1 in boxing. And a great striker. And I got to the point now when Tommy Fury kept pulling out and pulling out and Asim Rockman pulled out because he didn't train for it. I got to the point where I was like, I don't blame him now. I can't blame him anymore. How can I blame Jake Paul? He's tried. He's tried three times that we know of. He says that he's now offered Tommy Fury five contracts. We know of two for sure. He Asim Rockman was done deal. He pulled out. That's three. So three times he tried to fight professional boxers. They all pulled out. So he did take a step up, though. I think he was a huge risk fighting Anderson. Because in my opinion, unless you look at it the way I'm looking at it, where I think Jake Paul is evolving and he finally got sick of, I'm not going to just keep booking Tommy Fury and this motherfucker keeps pulling out. So let me fight Anderson because I know Anderson will show up. Anderson fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He'll show up. 100% will show up. So he fought him. And I still think in, in many people's eyes, it was a lose-lose. Oh, yeah, he won, but he fought a 47-year-old Anderson Silva. Yeah, 47-year-old Anderson Silva, that, since his return to boxing, is 3-0. Right? Chavez Jr., a former two-division world champion, I believe. A former, No matter what, a former world champion in boxing, who, yes, you can say he probably didn't take it as serious, but Anderson still went in his hometown in Mexico and outboxed him for eight rounds. Right? How could I not say that Anderson, he didn't fi- How can you say that he didn't fight a, true, a real boxer? Anderson beat Chavez Jr., a boxer, a lifetime boxer. How can we not say that Jake Paul didn't beat a boxer in Aaron Silva? I think he did. He impressed me so much in that fight. He looked so much better defensively. I thought he, fought, I thought he looked way better. De- uh, boxing defense looked so much better. What am, what am I supposed to say? You know, I, I think we have to start stop beating on this guy and just realize that he's really dedicated his life to this. And people are people in the in in what you call a real boxer. Guys are turning him down. What do you want him to do? You want him to actually fight Canelo right now at this point? Why would he do that? That's a terrible decision. You want him to actually go fight a a world a, a, like a, a, a again? People are saying he should fight a ranked boxer, a top fifteen guy. What? Name me a guy that went that that went six and zero, oh and then besides probably Vasily Lomachenko, who had a billion amateur fights and still grew up in the sport. Name me a guy that at six and zero oh fought a top fifteen, top ten guy in boxing after six fights. Name me. I, I I would love to know. If I'm wrong, 
And again, maybe there's five of them. But 99% of boxers do not fight a top 15, top 20 guy till they're 20, 25 and 0. He's 6-0, and, and we're, we're demanding too much. Just sit back and watch the show. It's a good show that he's putting on. I'm done with... I, I've, I've gotten rid of the hating. Now, again, I think the MMA thing's interesting. I don't know if he actually goes in and wins MMA fights. Depending on if he fights Nate Diaz in the first MMA fight. Hard to believe that he beats Nate Diaz. Hard to, okay? Could it happen? Sure, it's MMA. Just like, sure, he could lose in boxing to Nate Diaz. It's possible. I think the opposite in both. I think Jake beats Nate in boxing, but I think he'd lose to him in MMA. But yes, he signed with PFL. Uh, he's a PFL fighter now. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. He's called out Nate Diaz for a boxing match, which I'm guessing he'd like to take place in March. And then he said six months later to prepare, he would like to fight Nate Diaz. So a September, October-ish fight against Nate Diaz in MMA. That's what he's looking for right now. It's time we stop hating and respect it because boxers are turning him down. Tommy Fury's trained boxing since he was in diapers. I don't know how I see him Rockman's background, but he still has thir- now 14 professional fights. <laughs> I don't think we can hate on the guy anymore. He's tried. You wanted real boxers. Tommy Fury and Asim Rockman have pro boxing records, boxing backgrounds, and they wouldn't fight him. I don't know what to say, man. Um, Earl Spence Jr. is finalizing a fight with Keith Thurman, putting the Crawford bout off again. Again, this isn't all on Earl Spence, on both. They both have taken fights when they could have made their uh, the fight against each other. Crawford just did it. Obviously, he got played, paid a bag, $12 million flat, or $10 million flat, including probably pay-per-views, which I'm sure didn't do well. I guess, can we look that up? Let's see how Crawford's pay-per-view did against whoever the... F- Crawford versus... I don't remember who even fought. David Avianson, I guess. Pay-per-view buys. Oh my goodness. This can't be true. Don't tell me this is true. 55... Okay, no. I thought it said 5,000. 55,000 buys. What? Crawford versus... Oh no, that was on HBO Boxing. Hold on. That was not right. It might have been... Oh my god, this says did 5,000 pay-per-view buys. No way. Right? Oh my god, this might be right. Looked to be 5,000 pay-per-view buys. It did less than a wrestling show that afternoon on non-streaming. Wow. 5,000. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. But yeah, it just sucks these two aren't fighting each other. It really just sucks for boxing. Uh, Tank Davis stops Hector Garcia... Uh, in round nine, I believe Garcia didn't get off. He said he couldn't see. Obviously, he's not permanently blind, but you know he just got rattled so hard in the head he couldn't see. Uh, Ryan Garcia should be next. April fifteenth is the targeted date um, in Vegas. Uh, I hear that there's as long as you know Tank's obviously got some out of the ring issues, but as long as those don't get in the way or you know nothing crazy happens, Tank should be good to go for that fight. Anthony Joshua will train in the U.S. for his April return. We don't know who that will be. Let me grab a drink. We don't know who that'll be against, but he will train in the U.S., which is interesting. I don't know who he'll train with, but he will be training in the U.S. So MMA. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into the Dana White thing. I will talk about it for sure because it doesn't need to talk about it. And again, I wasn't trying to avoid it last week. I just totally blanked on it. I wasn't even talking about MMA. It was all about, you know, basically 
uh, college football and NFL. So I didn't mean to pass it up, so I will address it here. Dana White, obviously, a video or an altercation with his wife. Um, she hits him um, pretty hard, in my opinion, from the video, and then he hits her back. Um, so again, it's tough. You know, you, you want to be careful on how you word what you're saying with this situation. I under no way agree with what Dana White did. I, I've been raised and I've always been told you'd never lay your hands on a woman ever, ever under no circumstances. Should he have some repercussions, some type of, some, not some, some type of repercussion? Yes. Do I think Dana White should be blackballed and fired out of the UFC? I do not because I'm also, I'm also a guy that I, I believe in second chances and I believe in people being able to better themselves after something like this and, you know, be a better person. And I think Dana White can be and will be. Um, do I think he should serve a suspension and a fine, a hefty fine from the UFC? I do. I actually do. I think that there should be a suspension and there should be a fine. Should there also be repercussions for her? Yes, because that is that is assault, what she did. She hit him first. That is assault. And again, I'm not trying to say, oh, she deserves assault to lighten what Dana White did. No, it's, that's not what I'm saying. Again, I'm making sure my words are clear. She should get, she should be in some type of, and I'm not, again, they're, they're not going to do anything legally, but she should not be able to get a pass for her assault, right? By media and everybody on social media, she shouldn't get a pass. But again, Dana White, what he did was wrong. You never, I, I, again, I just don't believe in laying your hands on a woman. So should, again, should he be fired and blackballed from the sport? No, no. Cause I believe in second chances. Some of you people, I know there's some of you, you think he should be uh, castrated and out of the sport forever. And we should never hear about Dana White again. That's what you think. That's what people think. Is that going to happen? Are you going to get your wish? No, probably not. I would doubt it. TBS is still going on. They gave it a one week suspension on his TV show. That's still going on. I do think the UFC should come out and say something. Endeavor should come out and say, hey, um, obviously we do not condone what Dana White did and he will be suspended for X amount of time and we are going to give him a fine. And that's what I think should happen to Dana because it shouldn't go un untouched. He shouldn't, just because he's the the president of the company and, and let's be honest, been the face of the company since it became a company. He's been the face. He shouldn't just get a pass because he was wrong in this situation as well. As was she, but again, I don't care if she hit, he, I understand she hit you first, get away from the situation, maybe get, you know, get security in the way to hold her back. And then you get away from the situation. Don't retaliate because I don't believe what he did was right. Of course, uh, as I've said now seven times in this spot, but I have to make sure my words are clear because people will try to throw it back to me. But again, I'm being very clear what Dana White did was wrong and there should be consequences for what happened. And I'm also saying on separate note, she should not she should not just get a pass for assault because that's what she did, right? She assaulted him and he should not get a pass and it should not go untalked about by ESPN and Endeavor and there should be some consequences. But that's what I'm going to say in this situation. But I, again, I, I believe in second chances. I think Dana White can be a better person from this and I think he can grow from this. No matter the age, you can always grow and become a better person. And I thought he handled it well how he talked about it. I thought he honestly handled it pretty well. Um, you know, he admitted to his fault. He did say alcohol was involved and he said, that's never an excuse though. He said, obviously there was a lot of alcohol involved, but that's not an excuse. What I did was wrong. I thought he handled it perfectly for the situation that he put himself in. And we're going to leave it at that on a lighter note here. Uh, this is interesting. I guess not really a lighter note, really don't have lighter notes, but Francis Ngannou is a free agent. 
Um, from everything I've read, he's a free agent. As of January 8th, he was a free agent. He's the UFC heavyweight champion. This is not a great look for the UFC, in my opinion. Because Francis Ngannou has gone on a run of terrorizing fighters. And then was able to win a fight on one leg against the guy the, the UFC wanted to be heavyweight champion in Cyril Gane. He beat him on one leg. That's how good Francis Ngannou is. He beat, in my opinion, well, if, not including John because he hasn't fought, the, one, the number one or two heavyweight contender in the world was Steve A's Cyril Gane. He beat him on one leg. And he did it in a way we've never seen Francis win, utilizing wrestling. That's how special Francis Ngannou is, okay? So this is not a good look for the UFC. If he walks and he's like, I could see something crazy. If I think Francis is going to wait, and if Tyson Fury and Usyk does not get made, I could easily see Francis saying, Tyson, let's fight. And they're going to do fi- then Francis is going to make a gajillion dollars. And what are you going to do? You're going to strip him of the title. You're going to put it on the line between John Jones and Curtis Blades. And the winner of that's going to have the belt. In all reality, everyone in their goddamn mind knows the best heavyweight on planet Earth is in free agency because you wouldn't let him have a boxing match. All he, he wants to do in, in this contract is have I can f- have one boxing match where you're not involved. That's all he wants. He has the leverage. UFC, he's not going to sign this contract. UFC is not, has no leverage. The thing that I think he's worried about is, what Francis is worried about is, man, if I don't get this contract signed, right, I go fight Tyson Fury, we fight, I make $25 million. What if I just, what if I ruin my relationship where they're like, no, we're not going to sign you, we've moved on. UFC holds grudges. They have held grudges for years. That could happen. I think that's what Francis worried about. But Francis also is going to hold to his fucking guns, which I respect. I'm not signing a contract unless you put in there. Because there's there's multiple guys he could fight. You know, he could fight uh there's you know, Fear and Wilder. Wilder's said he'd be down. He's going once in his contract, you have to let me fight one boxing match where you're not involved in my contract, right? You have to, I have to get one. Whether it's Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, I want one to go test myself and make a boatload of fucking money because I only have a couple years left in the sport, right? He didn't have a lot of time left in the sport. He's thirty eight years old. I know heavyweights can go longer, especially him, power's not gonna go. But, or 37 maybe, I, I'm wrong on his age all the time. But he's, you know, he's, he's not a young cat. He's not old for the heavyweight division, but he's not a young cat. He wants to go make a boatload of money. We'll see what happens. Al Jermaine says he is injured. What does the UFC do with the division? So the UFC wanted Al Jermaine versus Cejudo, I believe, in March. Al Jermaine says he's injured and it could be longer. I think what you do now is if Henry Cejudo is actually fighting, you do Cejudo versus O'Malley for the interim belt. And if Cejudo's not one to fight, then you do O'Malley versus the winner of Vera and Sandhagen for the interim belt, right? I think that's what you got to do. Um, Sean O'Malley beating Peter Jan has deserved his next fight to be for a piece of gold, whether it's interim or undisputed. He's not going to just take another fight and risk. What if I lose? Then I just lost. I didn't get my title shot. I got to win two more fights now. Three more fights to get back there. I just beat the number one contender in the division. I should be fighting for the belt no matter what. I think he should be fighting Al Jermaine anyway, not Cejudo. I think Cejudo should have to come back and fight the like of a Peter Yan or a Sandhagen or a Cheeto Vera. But that's not how it's working. But I agree with O'Malley sitting out. O'Malley has said, I will not fight unless mine... I will not be accepting a fight unless my next fight has a piece of gold on it. Interim or undisputed. And I respect that. 
Usman rumored to be injured again, wrist injury, shocking, and won't be ready by March, most likely. Um, so I have a feeling that if it's not going to be Usman, and I'm guessing the UFC's known about this potential injury, it's the reason why Jorge Masvidal hasn't accepted a fight, I'm guessing they're going to do Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal, um, because there's a grudge and a, there's a story behind it, and I think it sells. Should it be Colby Covington? Of course, he just dog-walked Jorge Masvidal. It should be Colby Covington 1,000%. I hope it is, but I have a feeling it's going to be Masvidal if it's not Usman. Uh, UFC returns with the first card of 2023 this weekend. It's a fight night. It's shitty. Okay? Not going to lie to you. I, I'm not, I'm not going to put it... I'm not going to, you know, give it to you. I mean, there's some... Strickland has stepped in for Gaslam, who got a tooth injury. So he's out. So it's Strickland versus Imavov now. Dan Ige fights Damian Jack... Damon Jackson, Caitlin Vieira versus Rocky Pennington. That's a good one. Caitlin Vieira wins, and she's probably fighting for the title, though. She beat Misha Tate and Holly Holm. She did lose to Kunitskaya. Um, but I think there's no real contenders at Bantamweight for her right now. I mean, Rocky Pennington, is she on a win streak? She is on a 4 fight win streak, so I guess, shit, if Pennington beats Vera, then Pennington could be in line for a fucking title shot. My word, at, you know, 34 you know, she had a rough run there for a bit. She went loss, win, loss. She went loss, loss, win, loss. Now, she did lose to Nunez, Durandamy, and Holly Holm. So it's not like she lost to shitters. She has a win over Misha Tate, Irene Aldana. Then she beat Marianne Renault, uh, uh, Pani Kianzad, uh, Macy Chieson, and she beat Aspen Lazo. She's got some good wins. She could definitely be in line if she beat Vieira. And then uh, Umar Nurmagomedov is on the card. Is he undefeated? 15 no. This guy's a stud. Um... We his third fight in the UFC beat uh, Sergey Mor- Morozov via submission. Brian Kelleher submission one decision against Nate Manny's. His last fight. This is against uh, who's he fighting? Uh, do I know this cat? Ronnie, Rayoni Barrios, Rayoni Barcelos. I don't know if I've seen him fight. He's coming off a win over Trevor Tre- Tevin Trev Tevin Jones. Uh, he is one, two, three, four, five. He's five and two in the UFC. He lost two before, but he has won his last one. Should be interesting. I think Nurmagomedov probably dominates, and really nothing. I mean, uh, Priscilla Cachuera versus Sajara Eubanks on the undercard, but yeah, not great. We can look at some other cards real quick. Pay per view coming up on the twenty first. You got Glover Jamal Hill for the title. Figueredo Moreno, Burns, Magny, Andrade Murphy, Paul Craig, Johnny Walker. That's a hell of a fucking. That is a hell of a card. Uh, then you get Lewis. We'll just go over through February. February 4th, so a two-week break again. Uh, right now it's Lewis versus Spivak. Choi Doi Hoy back against Kyle Nelson, okay? Uh, Devin Clark on the card. Uh, Bogoy Ivanov versus Marcin Tybora. Where is that fight taking place? Enterprise Nevada. Oh, at the Apex. Fucking hell. Okay, and then we go into a, a big title big fight card well top two i shouldn't say it's a big card but the top two sell the motherfucker um volkanovsky makachev yair josh emmett uh jack de la madalena versus randy brown's a great fight Tafa versus parker porter jim crute versus menafield good fight um they get yeah, out another fight or two to that one no i mean come on uh ufc at the apex we gotta stop these apex vera sandhagen talia santos is back Oh, no, is that her? No, it's not her. Talia Santos fighting Blanchfield, though. That's an unreal fight. Uh, Jim Miller versus uh, Gabriel Benitez. William Knight. Uh, St. Prue's on the card for some reason. He's still fighting. 
So that's February. And then this one is Courtney Casey. Any other announced bouts? Jesus Christ. Yes, he's got it. Oh, yeah, Tatiana Suarez does return February 25th against Montana De La Rosa. Great fight as well. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that'll do it for the UFC. I mean, let's just be honest. But that first fight, night, they got to build those cards up for sure. So let's get into my super wildcard weekend prediction. Saturday's game, seven-seeded Seattle at number two, 49ers at 3.30 p.m. on Saturday. Give me the Niners, 34-17. I think they walk them. Uh, Charger, number five Chargers at Jaguars, 7-15. Big game, man. You got, you know, you got your two big guys. You know, Herbert, 6'5", 6'6", Trevor Lawrence, 6'6". Great matchup of quarterbacks. Give me the Jags by three. I'm going to take the Jags by a field goal. I think they get it done. Uh, Sunday's games at noon, Dolphins, Bills. Give me the Bills, 31-20. They're playing for so much more than just football. I think they're going to play extremely hard. And the Dolphins, who knows, going to be at quarterback. Uh, Giants at Vikings at 330. I'm actually going to take the Giants by a field goal, 30-27 uh, in, in an upset. Uh, my, my only upset of this, of this one. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, Ravens at Bengals, 7-15. I think it'll be a closer game. The score could change for me if Lamar plays. But I'm going to go 24-16. Uh, hold on, let me change that. I didn't have that in. 24-16. Um, Bengals. And uh, Monday night's game, Cowboys at Bucks, 7-15. This is a head-over-heart pick here. I'm going Cowboys, 23-20. Not confident at all, though. So I'll predict the rest of the playoffs. Divisional Giants will be at the Eagles. Give me the Eagles 27-20. Cowboys at Niners. Give me the Niners 31-24. Jaguars at Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs 31-23. Bengals at Bills. God, I'm going to take the Bengals 34-31 in a game of the year contender. I think it'll be. Uh, conference titles, Niners at Eagles. Give me the Niners 27-23. Bengals at Chiefs. Revenge for the Chiefs 31-30. And the Super Bowl, Chiefs versus Niners. Give me the Chiefs 31-27 for Mahomes' second Super Bowl. So what's next, us? What to do this offseason for these teams that missed the playoffs? For the Texans, it's continue your rebuild. I don't think that you'll be able to just rebuild in one year. I think, you know, guys like Brandon Cooks could be on the block, you know, because you could get a pick form or two. Laramie Tunzel could be on the block. You could easily get a bunch for Tunzel. You tell me a contender wouldn't want to nab up Laramie Tunzel. But yeah, it's, it's stay in the rebuild, make correct moves, draft correct. Colts, find a goddamn quarterback. That's all I'm going to say about the Colts. Find a quarterback. Titans, going to be tricky, man. Uh, obviously, a lot of injuries really fucked their season. Uh, I think they would have walked away with that division. Probably, I know the Jags got to 9-8. I think the Titans would have went to, got to 10-7 and if it wasn't for injuries. Um, maybe replace Tannehill. That could be the move. We'll talk about that, obviously, next. Browns, just keep getting Deshaun, you know, Polish with the offense. That's all you got to do. You'll be better next year for sure. Steelers, build the O-line. Secondary, you got weapons. Maybe get out a third receiver, but Deontay and George Pickens seems to be a stud. You got a great running back, good tight end. Just keep building around Pekenny. Uh Jets, also the Titans, find a quarterback that can help you win. That's what they're, they're a quarterback away. Patriots, uh, find an offensive coordinator. Not the guy they had this year. Can't even remember his goddamn name. Uh, obviously, he was at the Pats four, then he went to the head. Patricia, find an offense coordinator. Broncos, find the right head coach. I think if they can get Sean Payton, they should. I think he can help Russell Wilson. Obviously, uh, you don't have a ton of assets. You do have a first-round pick that'll probably be late because the Niners. it's the Niners pick. But yeah, find the correct head coach. Raiders, I guess it's going to be replaced Derek Carr. I wouldn't have thought I was saying that, but you got to find a quarterback now. Can you go get a really good quarterback? NFC, uh, Redskins, they're tricky because they don't have a high pick. 
So can they really find a package to trade up into the top four or three to get uh, Stroud or Young? I doubt it. So they're also going to be in the hunt for a a quarterback. You know, could that be Young? I don't know what they're going to do. Could they going to really look for another bridge? We'll see. Uh, Panthers. F- find a good head coach. Hopefully you can find a way to get a quarterback at nine. May have to trade up. Something like that, though. Find a quarterback. Get the right, get the right hire. Falcons. Again, I think it's got to be find a quarterback. I don't think Desmond Ritter is the answer. Mariota obviously quit on the team. You also need to address the defense, too. Big time for Atlanta. Um, Saints. I don't know what the Saints do. Uh, I don't think they're in a great cap situation. Um, they drafted well. They obviously, you have Jameis and Dalton at quarterback, which isn't great. Can they figure out a way to get a quarterback? Who knows? Cardinals. I don't understand. You know, Kyler Murray obviously going to have input on the new head coach. I don't know if I love that. They're looking to trade D-Hop, so I don't know what their plan is going forward if they're looking to trade D-Hop. Um, but I guess, you know, just try to keep building on Kyler. Got to help the defense. The secondary is dreadful. Got to build there. Rams, um, you have no assets. Sean McVay might be leaving. Is it time to rebuild? I think it is. I think you look, if Donald retires, I think you could honestly try to move Cup or Jalen Ramsey, and you just got to get some assets to go into rebuild mode because that's what it looks like it's going to be. Bears, uh, the number one thing. Well, first off, you have $100 million, so spend correctly and get a fucking haul for that number one pick. Lions, again, I think it's it's more just you know retooling the team. Secondary is a need, and maybe line, linebacker as well. Those two things are key. I think you can still roll with Goff, but maybe look to draft an Anthony Richardson to learn under him or something like that. Um, Packers, well, it's going to come down to what Aaron Rodgers does. I think if – well, if, might not even come down to that because I think if Rodgers leaves, they're not going to be in the market to uh, trade, in my opinion, for a a quarterback. They have two years left on Jordan Love's deal. I think they'll fight, figure out if they have something in him or not. But, uh, you know, obviously you could be looking to trade some guys, trade some veteran players to get assets in return and go into a rebuild, I guess. QBs who could be on the move and where I think they should end up. So I got seven. I got Baker, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. We'll start off with the top guys because it kind of goes into a a bit of a domino effect. Actually, no, we'll start with the bottom. Baker Mayfield. Actually, no, we won't. We won't start. We'll start at the bottom. We'll start with the top guys. Aaron Rodgers. Where I think he should go. Indianapolis Colts. If they can be healthy. He's got tremendous running back. They could draft receivers. They could sign receivers. Their uh, GM and owner have been willing to spend. They have a solid defense, a good O-line if it's healthy. I think Indianapolis is perfect for him. Tom Brady. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders next year. I've heard that he would love to work with Devontae Adams. Um, he would lo- not. He would love to reunite with Josh McDaniels, who obviously was OC for a long time in, uh, in New England. So yeah, Tom Brady to the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr. I'm going Derek Carr to the New York Jets. I think the Jets are a quarterback away. They have a ton of weapons. They're going to have a stud running back, a pretty, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, a, a good defense. Um, I do think Bob Sala is a good head coach. I'm going Derek Carr to the Jets. I'm going Ryan Tannehill to the Atlanta Falcons. Ryan Tannehill, I think that him and the Titans are ready to split. Tannehill's best season was when Arthur Smith was his offensive coordinator. I think he reunites with him in Atlanta. Jimmy G, I have him replacing Tannehill going to the Titans. You could say, is that really just getting the same guy? I think Jimmy G's a little better. Uh, I think he makes less mistakes than Tannehill. 
Um, I just like Jimmy G, and I think him and Vrabel will get along well. That's also a spot where Rodgers could end up, though. Uh, Zach Wilson. I'm going Zach Wilson to the Washington Redskins. I think what the Redskins are going to do here is I think they're going to have Heineke, going to have Sam Howell, Zach Wilson. I think Heineke probably starts the year, but at some point they'll see what they can do with Wilson. I think some team's going to take a chance on the talent. I'm not sure he'll ever be good. Some team will take a chance on his talent, though. And who knows? He may just stay as the backup for the Jets. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Easy. I think Baker's going to look. He's going to look and he's going to wait and see what happens. And I think when Tom Brady goes to Vegas, Baker's going to be like, I would love to go to Tampa Bay with those weapons. I go to a team that I think is win is win now ready. Can they fix the O-line? Can they fix the running game? And Baker goes to Tampa Bay. That is my prediction. So let's get into the 4.0 NFL mock draft. So this one will not have trades. The next one will. Um, the Bears at one. I had them taking Will Anderson if they stay the edge out of Alabama. Easy pick for me. Texans. I heard they love Bryce Young, so I'm going to stick with Bryce Young. I think I would take Stroud, but Bryce Young, quarterback of Alabama, number two, the Texans. Cardinals are at three. This is easy. You pick the best player available. Jalen Carter, the interior D lineman out of Georgia. He could arguably go one, and Will Anderson could end up here, but go Jalen Carter. Colts. Again, obviously, we did the quarterback predictions, but I'm going off of what the current structure is. No trades. Colts, C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Seattle obviously moved back because of Denver's win, but you still get a really good player here. Edge out of Clemson, Miles Murphy, stud. This is a great pick for them. Lions at six via the Rams. I'm going Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. Um, I think he's the best corner in the draft. Real big, long. I love him. Lions need help in secondary. They get a good guy. Raiders at seven. I'm going Paris Johnson, the tackle out of Ohio State, no matter who the quarterback is. Protect that quarterback. Falcons at eight. Give me Tyree Wilson at the edge at a tech, uh, Texas Tech. They need help defensively everywhere. Tyree Wilson, you get a sack artist. Uh, Panthers at nine. Give me Will Levis, the quarterback of Kentucky, to the Panthers. You know, I just don't think there's really. You could maybe see Seattle taking a reach with Levis. I don't see the Lions with their first pick in the first round taking a quarterback. That's a hint. Falcons, again, maybe they could be in the quarterback play. But I think, obviously, I think they can also get a veteran guy better than Mariota, obviously a Tannehill or a Jimmy G. So Panthers get Levis. Eagles via Saints at 10. Give me them Bijan. I know people don't like running backs this high, but they're so good pretty much everywhere. Let's take a luxury pick and get Bijan Robinson, see if he can bear every down back for the future. Bijan Robinson out of Texas to Philly. 11, Titans. I'm going Brian Brisset, the interior D lineman. I think Titans take best player available. Um... Uh, could could be in play for a tight end, but not this high up, not Michael Mayer this high. You know, if you were in the 20s like you were, probably, but you get to 11, you get Brian Brisset. Come on. Uh, Texans, they took their quarterback. Now they're going to take a receiver because I think they'll trade Brandon Cooks. Give me Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver at Ohio State. He goes to the Texans at 12. Jets at 13, bringing the quarterback. Okay, Peter Skaronski, the tackle out of Northwestern. Uh, protect that quarterback as well. Uh, Patriots at 14. Give me Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of uh, Penn State. Stud. They need help in the secondary, in my opinion. Could be a weapon here. Could be a receiver, but I went corner. Packers go Jordan Addison, the wide receiver at USC. Whether you have Rodgers or Jordan Love, help one of them out and get Jordan Addison. Uh, Redskins at 16. Again, too low for a quarterback. They could go Anthony Richardson here. I didn't. I went Keely Ringo, the corner out of Georgia. Uh, Steelers at 17. Give me Broderick Jones, the tackle out of Georgia. Protect Kenny Pickett at all costs. Uh, 18, the Lions, their second pick. This is where I have them going quarterback. Anthony Richardson of Florida is going to learn under Goff for a year or two, potentially, and uh, hopefully he becomes their guy. Buccaneers at 19. I think you need help on the O-line, but I think you also, your secondary, you have a couple guys going to free agency. Give me Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. Let me grab a drink real quick. 
Um, okay. At 20, the Seahawks with their second pick. Give me Trenton Simpson, the interior linebacker out of Clemson. I love him in Dallas, but they're going to take him here if, if they're ahead of Dallas and they're here, they're taking him. Jaguars at 21. It was a receiver mocked for first few of mine, but they traded for Calvin Ridley. They have some studs of receivers already. Uh, so I'm going to go Devon Witherspoon, the corner out of Clemson here, or the corner out of uh, Illinois here to Jacksonville. At 22, I'm going to go Clark Phillips, the corner out of uh, Utah. Okay, sorry, I had to check some real quick. Um, Ravens at 23, I have him falling in mine. Uh, Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver at TCU. Uh, you know, just more I've done on him, the more I'm feeling he's really big, boomer bust. And he has, in my opinion, bigger bust potential than Addison or Jigba. And I still think Addison and Jigba as, have as high of ceilings as him as well. But Ravens need a receiver, so you got to risk it. Chargers, I'm going Jalen Duncan, the tackle out of uh, Maryland. Again, protect Herbert. Cowboys need a lot of things uh, on defense. Secondary, linebacker. They could also use a receiver here, but I'm going linebacker because I like him a lot. Drew Sanders, the interior linebacker out of Arkansas. Bengals, kind of a luxury pick. Michael Mayer, the tight end I know to name. Help Burrow have some more weapons. Uh, Vikings at 27. Thielen aging. Give me Jalen Hyatt, the receiver out of Tennessee to the Vikings. Broncos via the Niners at 28. Isaiah Foskey, edge out, of, edge out of Notre Dame, have a lot of edges going later on, and I think Isaiah Foskey has the potential to be top 20. So if Denver got him at 28, they'd be thrilled. Uh, Bills, give me interior alignment out of Florida, Osiris Torrance skin. Just to keep building that O-line. No, you could go running back, but I think you can. if you want to draft another running back, you can get one later. Um, Chiefs, I'm going Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. Obviously didn't get a play in the national title or the playoffs. I believe, believe he had an injury. I'm going Nolan Smith, though. The Chiefs need some pass rush. Eagles at 31. Give me Felix and DK Uzama, the edge out of Kansas State. Like this guy a lot as well. Um, really, him and Nolan Smith and Isaiah Foskey are, are better than where I have them going in my mock drafts, I truly believe. And, uh, you know, it's not really a first-round pick because the Dolphins forfeit, but I did include the Steelers in here for 32 because they own the Bears. Give me Emmanuel Forbes, the quarterback out of Miss, cornerback out of Mississippi State, to end the first round. Technically, that'll be the beginning of the second round, but, you know, 32 is the normal. But uh, yeah, so that'll do for this pod. Um, I think we're gonna start doing uh, we're gonna start doing KB and the boys on Friday, so we can hopefully get some spreads available for uh, college basketball on Saturday, since it's always a big day, obviously. So hope we can get some more locks in there, and uh, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go with that. We're gonna go on every Friday, and then obviously this will be every Tuesday, most likely out Wednesday morning. But uh, yeah, so we'll be back Friday. Um, with KB and the boys. Thank you guys for listening to Unedited Episode 78. Peace.